0: Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. Welcome back. This is From Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. Today, I'd like to welcome Eldon Solomon. Eldon is the Chief Executive Officer of The Journey Home a nationally recognized nonprofit organization ending veteran homelessness. He was recruited in 2016 as a director and CEO to turn around a rapidly failing organization serving local and regional veterans at risk with an annual operating budget of 150,000. By 2021, he had the privilege of navigating the journey home through a five-year renewable VA government contract with performance measures 10 to 15% higher than the VA's national standard. And with his leadership, he's now at the national level with an annual operating budget of over 700,000. Welcome, Eldon. Glad to be here.
1: Thank you very much for the in- invitation.
0: Oh, you bet. It's always a topic that, you know, veteran homelessness is uh, is a topic that's near and dear, uh, you know, with our homeless rate that we have here. Uh, but in 60 seconds or less, tell us who Eldon is.
1: I am um, not a veteran. I uh, grew up in the, in the um, Vietnam era where... Uh, military was a four-letter word and uh, didn't really think about taking didn't take my my service the country very seriously and uh, then at some point in my adult life where my my uh, life choices and my patriotism kind of collided and uh, I began to really focus in my career as a mental health counselor or psychotherapist on issues of, of uh, military service veterans and and um, in 2016 i Found myself as the CEO and, and director of the Journey Home, which is a veteran outreach organization that works on a national level to find veterans that are homeless or at risk and get them stabilized.
0: Awesome. So I know uh, in reading your bio and, and things, you know, from how did you go from, or I guess, let me ask this, how did you get involved with Journey Home veterans? because or the journey home i know you've been a counselor for a long time uh but how did you get into um or be brought in as the director for for this uh wonderful project that you guys have
1: the journey home is a really a true grassroots effort i started in rural indiana so winchester is the central southeast side of indiana randolph county is a Population by twenty one thousand, so it's not—it's very very small. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, a couple individuals kind of stepped up and said, "We well, got to do something." And then it went from two individuals to three individuals, and started four individuals, and just kind of blossomed. And in two thousand and fourteen, the uh, the organization started a transitional facility, a shelter, mm-hmm. that um, um, housed veterans on a temporary base. Temporary basis, it did okay for a while, but just you know the the mission was just not strong enough, and after about a year, things started to kind of fall apart, and the community stepped up stepped up again, and that's when I got involved first as a board of directors, and um, we 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 saw the goodness of this of this um, or this organization to help veterans who are suicidal, homeless, or those those kind of issues, and we reorganized the the board and I was on the board for about a year and a half when they looked at me and said you know we we're not doing this right yet there's a lot of mental health issues around homelessness you are a mental health provider you understand veteran issues really well i had been working a lot with the department of defense and other other veteran organizations and they said would you quit your job and, and become the ceo and uh Oh, and by the way, we don't know if we'll be open in a year, but we but we but we won't be open if we don't to do something different. So we use please quit and come and join this organization. And that's that's what that's what got me here. Um, you know, when I first was asked to be on the board, I I, I was reluctant because it was the organization wasn't doing what they said they were gonna do, and I was reluctant to do so. Mm-hmm. But the the mayor of Winchester said, Eldon, this is too important and uh, too big for us to let go. And I Remember when I was um, chose to leave my job and come here, I turned to my wife and said, I can find a job anywhere. I have a good career. But if I woke up a year from now and the journey home closed the doors and I didn't do anything to save it, I wouldn't want to do this. So that's the kind of passion that drives this kind of movement. Um, it's the kind of passion that's in all of my staff. And it's just that's why, that's, that's why we're here.
0: Well, we greatly appreciate what you're doing and and serving the veteran community. So as far as veteran homelessness goes, just in, and and I know there's various numbers out there, but how big of an issue is veteran homelessness? The issue is
1: as big. And in some ways, Dean, it's kind of unknown. I mean, we don't, when you look at, at, uh, at the figures that you, that the federal government are giving us, it's it's, it's not a conspiracy. It's not false. It's just not telling the whole, the whole, um, the whole picture. there are some numbers that that are pretty dynamic there's we the federal government counts thirty seven thousand veterans on average every year that are homeless but that number comes from metropolitan and urban communities where the homeless go to shelters and food banks and and um, soup kitchens and congregate and those are veterans that want to be counted on the same side Rural communities like Indiana, where I'm from, they don't know how to count the veterans that are homeless. They're called the hidden homeless because they don't congregate in the in the typical locations. So even though we 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 have a um, a defined number of veterans that are homeless are counted, and that's what we work off of, we also know that there are unknown, maybe exponentially amount of veterans that are are uh, are hidden because mm-hmm. they self isolate. You know. Wow. Um, what if homeless, veteran homelessness could be, re, could be re, reversed by simply getting to know if your neighbors are veterans? If in a rural community, they don't have a shelters, they don't have soup kitchens, they don't have places where homeless veterans or homeless congregate, then how do you get to know whether or not your veterans in your rural community are actually out there? So the first thing I tell people is that, do you know if your neighbor is a veteran, if you don't, you should ask. How many of your veterans, um, how many veterans attend your church, your your uh, same church congreg- congregation? If you don't, you should ask. And um, how many attend the same grocery store? Do you look for them? How many attend the same doctor's offices? Do we ask? How many attend certain the same community events? I think that we spend too much time thinking the government's going to solve this problem. And we don't realize that that the homeless veteran is living right beside us and that we have a better impact in their life than anything the federal government can. do.
0: I don't know of too many government programs that I would call successful. Um, having. Uh, don't get me wrong, the VA has some great medical care, but there's also a lot of issues and it's. It's. Um, when you look at veteran homelessness, would you take us through, so say you identify a veteran <clears throat> that's homeless, take us through that uh, process that you follow to bring them in and, um, you know, get them the help they need and, um, and transition.
1: Well, let me go back a little further. Cause the first thing we, we got to do is, is find them. And, uh, and I'm not going to be on this soapbox of of uh, criticizing the VA or the federal government. They do. There's no there's no population in this country that has better access to care than right. veterans. And less than fifty percent of those of the veterans that are eligible for, for uh, VA services actually use those services. So you have a wide array of services, but veterans self isolate and less than thirty less than fifty percent. And Indiana, is probably close to 35 percent only access that care. So you got to find them, and, um, and what we do with that is that we build relationships, and we and we build relationships like this, having these kind of conversations, and get people to under understand the issues are a lot bigger than what you see on the on the internet. There's 1,400,000 veterans in this country that the federal government. Estimates are at risk of becoming homeless. And the only difference between the homeless and the at risk is one has a lease or a house and the other doesn't. They share the same factors. So there's a big problem of self-isolation, non-engagement in the community. So we got to find them first. And we do that through our community connections and partners, churches, first responders, Medical providers, whatever we can do, neighbors, we want to find we we want to find them, and uh, we establish trust, and we borrow that trust. So if we can establish a trusting relationship with a community partner, mm-hmm. that community partner is going to call us and say, "I have a veteran that needs help." Here's an example um, we had a couple years ago. Um, his name is Joe Davis. He passed away just recently, of stage four cancer. Hmm. Right when he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, cancer, he was overwhelmed, emotional, confused, didn't know what to do with, with where how to navigate this medical crisis going through his life. Hmm. So he went to his veteran service officer, the county office, and sat down and talked to his his uh, his VSO and said, "I don't know what to do." Well, the VSO says, well, you got all the benefits that I can give you. I'm not sure how to help you, but, you know, I know the journey home. I trust them. Can I call them and see what they can do there? And because the VSO trusted us, Joe said, yeah, call the journey home. And Joe allowed us then to immediately take him to his medical appointments. That was the first thing we, we did. It's a very simple thing to do, very cost effective. We take him to his medical appointments. And as our drivers and our, and our volunteers and our workers are starting to, to get to know him, we realize that he's not attending all of his medical appointments because we get to his house and he's not there or he doesn't show up. And we say, so our, um, our professional staff, our social workers went in and says, Joe, you're not going to your medical appointments. And Joe is a Vietnam veteran, pretty Vietnam bitter, and you know speaks in all kinds of colorful language. And he tells us with no uncertain terms that he hates his medical provider he doesn't, the medical provider, the, the provider doesn't listen to him and he just refuses to go. We said, Joe, we have, a, we have a partner that has oncology clinic. We trust them. Would you want us to make a referral for this provider? And he says, yeah, basically, I trust you. If you trust them, that works. So we him, found him a new medical provider, oncology clinic, loved him. Um, he loved them and we began to continue to we, we continue to take him to his medical appointments every day at one point and our our volunteers and our drivers and staff would even go into his appointments with him to help him keep track of things and at some point we uh, realized that he wasn't doing very very well wasn't taking his medication and he said Joe you're not taking your medication what's going on he goes well it's just too confusing. I've got bags of medication I can't keep track of it all. Mm-hmm. And um we had a release, obviously. We went back to his doctor and said, Hey, do you know that Joe's not taking all of his medication because he gets confused and can't keep track of it all? And the doctor says, That's why he's not doing well. Thank you for telling me that. He needs home health care. Uh-huh. And um, doctor got him into home home health care. And um again, Joe passed away just recently. He served in the army as a, as, as 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 a specialist, a Vietnam veteran. And um he, uh, he said at one point, you know, I didn't know how to navigate this myself. Mm-hmm. I felt alone. I didn't know who to go to. But the journey home does. They have the connections. And I'm not alone. And that feels really good. And uh, what's great about that story is that that tells you how it's done. That, that tells you we find them because we've developed community mm-hmm. partnerships that trust us. They trust us enough to call us. We then use that borrowed trust to, to develop a relationship with the veteran and just carry that forward. And if we hadn't had told the the doctor that he wasn't taking his medication because he was confused, the doctor would have never known, right? Because Joe wouldn't have told him. So, you know what we do in our mission. Instead of providing more access to care, we bridge the gap between veterans who are isolated to their access to care. And we don't just build the bridge, we maintain that bridge, we maintenance that bridge, we strengthen that bridge and we walk with that veteran every step of the way. And Joseph, wrote a good example, because again, in, his, in the height of this chemotherapy, we were taking him to his medical appointments every single day. And that's what we love to do.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And I did download your, your brochure. And on that brochure, you've got that powerful image uh that we talked about uh before the show. So describe now. I know our viewers don't have that right now or our listeners. So describe that brochure. Looks like you're grabbing it right there. Yeah. Um, and and just describe how that is so effective in what you do. Because I know uh your performance measures are 10 to 50, and if I misquote, just correct me, but it's 10 to 15% higher. Than the VA's national standards. So how how do you do that?
1: Yeah. So what you're talking about is that we have a transitional. That original transi- transitional facility is now contracted through the VA, and we provide um, what's called home um, healthcare for homeless veterans um, transitional bed ser- mm-hmm. services. And in order to have a contract in the, of the, of this in this manner with the VA, you have to meet national standard national standards, and we the national standards across the country is that you need to have at least 55% of your veterans entering your facility be placed into housing and um, um, no less than 20% of your veterans get kicked out called a negative or positive discharge. I just seem to have the last two figures here with me. In 2020, See, 2021, the fiscal year 2021, our our year-end positive discharge rate was 76%, and our negative discharge rate was 5%. So on a positive discharge rate, we were um, 11 points higher than the national average and um, 15 points lower than the national negative discharge rate. Now, 2021-22, we had a positive discharge rate of 75% and a negative discharge rate of 14%. Um, I believe that the reason why our, our performance is so high is that we don't necessarily focus on access to care. I said earlier, Dean, is that there isn't a population in this country that has better access to care mm-hmm. than, than veterans. If veterans, if access to care was the problem, then we we wouldn't have a problem. We would have 100% of our veterans in access to their care. And 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 engage those services the way that that Joe did at the end. Joe only engaged our services because he had somebody walking him through the process. Right. And that's 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 what we have found. Whether we are working in a transitional facility or out in the community, if we don't walk them through the process, then it's going to be difficult for them to maintain that. Now. That's normal. We, we're all like that. You know, Dean, you and I don't know each other. We're very well. We've, we've had conversations. Mm-hmm. But think of it this way. If I was to come to you first time I met you and said, Dean, I've got a, par- a barbecue at my house. I'm a pretty good cook. You should come to my house this weekend for a barbecue. You're probably going to look at me and say, oh, maybe not but thank you for the offer. sounds good. Um, but if, if we have a mutual friend that knows that, that loves my cooking and says, Hey Dean, Eldon is going to have a barbecue at his house. He really wants to meet you. He's really cool with veterans. You should come with me to, to his house this weekend. Mm -hmm. The likelihood of you going with him to, to meet me is pretty high. It's It's a lot higher. And that's what that bridge is all about. We typically say to veterans, here's the service, go apply for it. And then ask, why aren't you? Well, the reason why is that they're so far over on the left side of that, of that graphic that, we, that you have, that they're isolated, they're overwhelmed, they're mm-hmm. scared, like Joe, and doesn't, don't know where to go. And if it wasn't for his BSO saying, hey, let me give you a warm handoff, Joe would have never called me. But- it wasn't for the journey home saying, hey, we have a new oncology clinic. let's make a referral. Joe would have never he would have stayed where he's at and stopped going to his appointment. So it's about that bridge is is, is about making building relationships and making community con- connections. It's pretty vital.
0: Well, it's um so you know we so I'm am I'm a member of a Veterans of Foreign Wars post here in in Issaqua and, and we get requests you know, veterans passing through, needing help. We get requests, you know, in the local community. In fact, we helped a uh, Coast Guard veteran. We took him to his, similar to what you guys are doing, took him to his appointments um, and, you know, and, and and helped him get there. And then, but he, he was reluctant, right? He was reluctant to ask for help. Um, and he, you know, he finally did. Uh, which we were grateful for. Uh, but there are a lot of veterans out there. My uh, beautiful bride just read me uh, an article. Uh, there was a veteran in the Northeast that had no family, no surviving family. And the funeral director now obviously passed on. The funeral director put the call out to the local American Legion. And I think well over 300 motorcycle riders from the American Legion showed up to support the veteran. And that's, and that's And that's, I think, the veteran community you know, if they're aware they are there. Um, and as your website says, and as we've all heard it before is we'll leave no one behind. And so what you guys are doing is so important. Uh, but I know you've, you've expanded. So tell us a little bit more about how you've expanded.
1: Yeah. So, you know, our whole, our whole philosophy is that they served us. Now it's time for us to serve them. And, uh, what you just said is, is, is very, very real is, it's great that 300 veterans came to his funeral, mm-hmm. but it would have been great if those community members were there to support him in being alone. And so that's why we're in Florida is that our mission is dy- is dynamic. It's powerful. It makes a difference. Mm-hmm. In 2021, we found 191 veterans through this, through this mission. And in 2022, we found 890 veterans. and wow. So it's, it's a it's a performance and outcome and a mission that that um, members of the Naples community said we want to be a part of this we want the journey home down here and um, um, one individual by the name of Jackie Kay that stepped up and said listen if I get uh, a grassroots movement of people that support this mission will you come down here and that's what she did and that's why we are there um, we um, we have our veteran outreach team down there um, providing. Um, services of, of um, building relationships, community, uh, uh, building community partnerships, mm-hmm. making community connections, transporting veterans to vet, to appointments, just like, like we do here. And um, we just now um, in the last, I think in June, hired our first full-time staff. We're looking to raise money so we can do, broaden our services there. That's, uh, we're still spending more money than we're raising down in Florida. So that's part of growth, but we can't do that forever. We have to be able to uh, um, raise enough money to pay our bills, mm-hmm. and uh, because we want to expand, we don't want to stay in Indiana and Ohio where we are. Here, we want to go to Florida. We want to go elsewhere. We want to go to Washington State and uh, help veterans all over the country.
0: You're needed. Walk That's that for sure. bridge. Yeah. So then, how? So when you go into, so like Naples, so it's you're you're acting like a startup, but you had that that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so then do you start building those critical partnerships with your local veteran organizations, as well as, um, the VA, uh, and who do you, and who at the VA do you, is it the case managers, uh, that you guys partner with? Or yeah. It- so first of all, the VA is
1: a big machine. So it is. it's not like walking into an office and saying, hey, I want to talk to the, to the CEO and who's that it's, it's a, it's one of those things that you just kind of have to navigate through slowly um, on, a, on, on a weed level and and, and, and a higher level. Um, so we, when we walk into to Naples, the first thing, the first thing we did is that we built that grassroots effort of community people saying, we want to hear. Um, I don't think the journey home as long as I'm the CEO will ever go into the community, into the community to say we're coming. Um, because it's a community-based organization, the community needs to ask for us, right? And um, if they have that that involvement, we will come. And then we just start building relationships, um, talking to other individuals about our about our mission, uh, trying to find people who want to be a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Like for example, right now we 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 have a great relationships with the VFW. They're in Naples, the Veteran Council in um, in in the, in Collier County in uh, Naples. The, the Bonita Bay Veteran Council, um, the Collier County Hunger and Hunger, uh, Homeless Coalition, others in that We just kind of build that process and then from there, find out where the funding resources are and just kind of tackle it one at a time. Our our Veteran Outreach Team site director is working with currently about a half a dozen veterans and has and since April been, has um, found and helped up a little over 20, 25 veterans. So it's wow. just it's, it's it's it it feels slow, but not really that slow. Once you get in with this mission and realize people people realize that we're not trying to bring in another access to care into the community. Mm-hmm. We want to build that bridge so more veterans go to the access to care. It's a it's a pretty easy um, um sell mm-hmm. and um people get excited about it.
0: Well, congratulations on that expansion. Uh, so as, as you mentioned, as part of that expansion and and when I was on your website, it looks like you have a campaign underway. So tell us a little bit more about that uh, fundraising campaign and and where can folks go to uh, contribute to that campaign?
1: Absolutely. That's ongoing campaign, uh, especially since we're down, down in Flor- in Florida, we are um, raising money so that we can be a, uh, um, um, we can engage our veteran outreach team in in community outreach. Uh, that's, not our, that's not our facility. All of the, the uh, services that we provide in a transition facility is contracted through the VA. You okay. ask earlier in terms of how to in, in, engage in the VA, that's how you do it. You offer your services to them in grants or in contracts. And when you get awarded, then you build that, 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 that relationship. Until then, it's kind of hard to work with them at, at a high level. Um, versus then at a local level, and uh, so we have veteran outreach community services in Indiana, in 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 in, in Ohio, and now in Naples, and uh, all of those services are funded by um, local foundational grants, philanthropic giving, and donations. We cannot do community outreach and find those veterans that we found last year without um members of this community support this financially there is no there is no government re- um, funding or contracts that helps us engage the community on an outreach level like we do without so through the va that comes through private donations philanthropic giving grants foundations and fund- and fundraising events
0: wow so you guys are in a continuous cycle of fundraising it sounds like um which is great because it allows you to expand um so where so just we're, we're going to move into the speed round here a little bit learn a little bit more about you um so you what are three books you'd recommend and why oh my goodness you know
1: i think that um one of my favorite books is from Stephen r Kevin, jr called the speed of trust mm. and uh I like that because trust is is a foundation of what we do in the community and um, with our uh, with our veterans. And when we're able to build trust, progress and growth goes fast. Mm-hmm. Trust is diminished; it slows down greatly. So Stephen R Covey Jr. Speed of Trust, fantastic book. Um, another book I think I I've I really in, enjoyed is um, no wrong book here. It's called Business Made Simple. Um, just got through reading. Donald Miller read, reading it. Um, that's a very good, very good book. And um, what I liked about about the the business made simple is that it talks about the 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 um, concrete aspects of what a business needs to focus on. Um, what I wish they would do is talk about how to create those do those principles. So it's great to know what those principles are. I want to learn how to do it. Um, those are, those are two that are top of my mind. I'm not sure I have a three that could come that. Could, come oh, no worries. That, so
0: what are your t- three favorite movies and why?
1: Iron Wheel is my top movie. It's about a, a, a young man who loses his father. He's a musher, and he joins um, a race from Canada down to New York and ever into to, to the United States, underdog. And I just love underdog stories, um, tenacity and fight. And you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Um, we're, you know, the journey home is an entrepreneur endeavor. Mm-hmm. Going to Florida is an entrepreneur endeavor. You know, let's just you know, um, put to the pedal go type stuff. So I love that. Uh, love that that uh, that movie a lot. And uh, I'm a Harry Potter lover. I Star Wars. I remember Star Wars. I remember when Star Wars came out. I was probably 12 years old. So
0: I do too. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> you know, and um, but uh, but the, my favorite movie is going to be Iron
0: Will. Nice. Yeah, I remember uh, when when Star Wars first came out, and I always tell my I have three grown sons, and of course they love the newer versions of Star Wars, and I'm like, hey, that was the that was the greatest movie back then, and they're like that computer graphics stuff is so old and outdated. I said, yes, but that's what made it great. It is. And when
1: people talk about just, you know, make fun of the, of, of the Star Wars and how the storylines of this, but I th- I say, it was, you don't understand. That was so revolutionary. It was mm-hmm. like, there was nothing like that. I don't care because it was just so cool. And uh, so I, I, I just have a affection for the fact that uh, that was there because there's nothing else like,
0: like it. Yeah. And then the, the series after that, Empire Strikes Back, Returns, I mean, all that stuff, which just, I mean, saw every one of them when they got released. So, yes, I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan as well. So, love those. Oh, the,
1: the Return of the Jedi came out when I was a senior in high school, and uh, they were showing it almost 24 hours a day. And um, senior skip day, my senior year of high school, a bunch of my friends skipped school that day and went and watched the opener of uh, Return of the Jedi. So uh, I couldn't,
0: I couldn't think of a better activity than than going Mm. to school. 40 years ago, 40 years ago. That's a long time. Yeah. You don't need to remind me how long ago that was, but that's all right. Well, (laughs) Eldon, I I greatly appreciate having you on the show. Where can the audience go to learn more about you?
1: Yes. You know, let me go back into the fundraising. In every location, Indiana and Ohio and, and, um, and Florida Every place we we uh, plant our veteran outreach team, it costs us. Um, we budget about two hundred fifty thousand. So okay. we need those. We need those funds. Go to www.journeyhomebets as in B journeyhomebets.org, and you'll find a great website there. Um, we're constantly updating it and putting more information in there. There's a donation button. Facility so needed some supplies: toilet paper, clean supplies, those kind of things, and we have people from all over the country send in Amazon and Walmart boxes to us. And so it's a great way to get engaged. Um, but those are really good. We also need funds. Don't forget, total paper doesn't pay for outreach services. So we need, need <laughs> funds so that we can go out and find those, find those veterans.
0: That is true. That is true. Well, we'll definitely uh, include your website in the um, in a show release, as well as the social media posts that we'll do. And, Again, it's been you know. Thank you for joining us today and from Battle to Business, and I'll give you the, the the last word. You know, I um as I said, I at, at some point in my
1: life, in my adult life, I I um my life choices as a young man and my patriotism collided, and um, I have my father is a Korean War veteran, my father in law is a Vietnam veteran. I have two sons. One's active duty Air Force. Other one is now Veteran of the Air Force. I have nephews that that have served. We don't understand the struggle that veterans experience when they come home. They serve because they love their community. Their love for country is not their government. Their love for country is you. Their mother, their father, their brother, their sisters, their neighbors, their school teachers, their coaches, their mentors, and they go to war. And they go to service, and they come home, and they have incredible life changes. And they come home, and they don't know how to tell you their experiences. You hear a story; they're trying to share with you their life ex- life experiences, mm-hmm. and they don't have the language, and you don't have the vocabulary to hear that. And they feel isolated, and they feel alone. It's time for us in this country to realize there's greater good that we can do as a community to help our veterans. Than what we should be expecting the government. The government's not tooled for that. That's not what they do. We, we shouldn't expect that out of them. We should look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm not liking how the veterans are being treated. What can I do differently? We should never let Vietnam veterans, the experience of Vietnam veterans happen in any context. Overtly or covertly. They served us we shouldn't they shouldn't have
0: to tell us how we serve them we should just go do it. well said i couldn't uh, well said i appreciate that thanks for listening in order to help others please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network if you want specific guidance feel free to book a complimentary call with dean at DeanVandyke.com. remember you wouldn't go into battle alone and now you don't have to in business